Hi, this is the See You Next Tuesday podcast. We have dirty words and shit potholes throughout the entire episode. Our name literally spells Kant. How could you not know what was coming? Thanks for listening. Tuesday podcast. Hi. Hey, I'm Desi. I'm Amanda. And we just came back from the podcast festival in Dallas. Yay, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. Sorry I missed you there. I hope you enjoyed, you know, our live stream, if you saw that. And we now have merch on our website for you to go check out. I know. For once, we got a bunch of t-shirts up there. Um, let us know what you think. Um, any other ideas you have also? Yeah, we'd love to know your opinion. Uh, yeah, so go check it out. We loved meeting you guys. Oh my god, it was so much fun. Yeah, it was a great time. We wish you had more like that. I mean, we'll get there. Yeah, I mean, eventually. Well, what fest do you want to go to? I mean, the Holy Grail, the Astoria of... Best crime, crime con. con. Yeah. Uh, and just so you know, our website is seeyounexttuesday.com and the U is just a U. Uh, but yeah, crime con would be sick. Because they also have things like Paul Holes will be there. Mm. He's a zaddy for sure. I mean, I'm just saying. And then maybe, maybe some SVU because I think sometimes. They show up, right? Like they'll have like TV shows show up and things. So maybe I don't. I, I don't know. I don't ever look into it because it just makes me sad. I can't go. You're just like what day? <laughs> I just, just want to be there. So, so yeah, I don't. We'll get there. I, don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, <sighs> so I haven't had like a proud mom moment in a hot second. Ah, you ready for this? I. Yeah. So do you remember before um, the Pod Twins started college and my son got um, a scholarship from the college he goes to? Yes. For all four years? Uh-huh. So he went to check his tuition bill. So that was applied, right? Of course. Then he got other grants. Do you want to know how much his tuition was for this semester? How much? $103. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my God, that's insane. He I got mean, enough scholarships and grants basically for his whole semester. Thank God. That's incredible. How proud are you as a mom right now? So proud. So you know what? Oh. I paid for his tuition this semester. Absolutely. Because I fucking could afford it this time. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I guess I can uh, scrounge up that. Uh, but let me tell you something about my money. Let me tell you something about my money, son. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. Dude, he's a smart freaking kid. And he what? He reads history books for on his free time. He's yeah. just chillaxing. Just mm-hmm. for funsies, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just really always wanted to learn about Genghis Khan. And, you know, he's just sitting there reading it. It's insane. I mean, if you want to get into a conversation with that kid, just go, hey, so tell me about uh, World War. Whatever. And he'll just start telling you about any world war. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's... In, in detail, things that you don't know. hmm And by you, I mean you, whoever's listening. You, you think you know? You don't. You don't. <laughs> you don't. That's really cool. That's really, really cool. Yeah. 
Here's so many more. I have a feeling that won't be the only one. You know? So yeah, I was like, we knew like he um, was asked to um, apply to be a Stello scholar, mm-hmm. and he applied and um, got in. So he's a Stello scholar, and he's in the um, National Honor Society for College Students. Jeez, and he's in like. Alpha, beta, delta, but it's like um, a like an honors yes program one mm-hmm. yeah uh, Greek society yeah. yeah makes sense yeah yeah it's not like a fraternity it's not like that no 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 it's not fraternity it's just um, like a society mm-hmm. okay yeah yeah, yeah. I mean that's already say say less you know what I mean <laughs> yeah well um and my daughter is too she's in the um honors college mm-hmm. um this year she's in one of those same societies too and yeah this is amazing you I have a brilliant I actually children. we have a on our refrigerator they sent her a certificate for her 4.0 GPA this past semester what as a freshman Okay, throw that in y'all's brains as a freshman getting a 4.0. Both, Most, my, both my kids had 4.0s both semesters, their first year of college, working full-time, taking full loads, like over 15 hours. Jeez. My daughter actually did that with two jobs. I don't know how. I really do not. I have no clue. Well, it's the school they go to. The school my kids go to... They were prepared for college. Right. It was actually a prep, kind of a, a college prep school. I mean, that's not like what their brand is. No, 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 no. But, but it just prepares you to have that kind of learning experience. Also, mm-hmm. like a paper, how many papers? They had to write a paper a week or something like that, right? So I mean, they had to write a lot of papers to yeah. even graduate and get their IB diploma. So, it, yeah. It prepared, because you don't really normally do that in High school, right. public school. So you're just right. like, when you get to college, all of a sudden writing papers is, oh, it's the worst thing ever. And if you've done it since high school, you're just like, oh, whatever. I can knock this out in like 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. why I struggle writing our reports because I'm like, ugh. <laughs> no. Yeah. So. Yeah. $103. That's so crazy. Yeah. Mama paid for college. <laughs> what, what are you going to do with all your winnings? <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's going to get a fancy piece of paper like I have a fancy Shit. piece of paper and hopefully his fancy people piece of paper will do him more good than mine is. T- tell me. Uh, mine's a fancy expensive piece of paper. I'm sure yours was too. Um, yes, cuz yeah. I can't even count how many times I changed majors and colleges mm-hmm. and quit and went back. Mm-hmm. I actually did that so many times. I got cut off from student loans. They're mm-hmm. like, "Nope." No more money for you. Like, yeah. Um, you've had your shot. Like, cool, um, but no. They're like, um, you should be a doctor by now. Yeah, so we're going? gonna have to say no. This journey is over for you. Oh man, I, I same. You know, I quit for two years, uh, uh, three years. Yeah, went back. Same thing. So yeah, it's crazy. I need to hang that up in here, dude. Mine's like still in the mailer. It came in. Like, oh. I'm not, not even kidding you. Oh, it's still I, in that mail. I framed mine. Oh, you did? Uh-huh. You got farther than me. Mine's <laughs> framed. Um, yeah, we could put it up in, in your old office here. Yeah. It's it's hilarious. Whenever I bought I bought a, a ring. I bought a college ring because oh. I'm like, fuck that shit. 
I didn't get a ring. You didn't buy a ring? No, because I couldn't afford it. Yeah, I had it's, it was like, three small children by the time I graduated. Right? Yeah, no. I bought the ring and I was like, honestly, why am I paying y'all? Y'all bitches should give me this ring for motherfucking free. How much I give y'all asses, right? Like, why the fuck? This should be my free gift with purchase, if you see what I'm the saying. The government really wants their money back from me. And I'm like, look. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, bro, um, listen. I've been paying you for a real long time. Isn't there like, are we good? Expiration date, like yeah. the coupon, like um. Eventually, one of these days, y'all are gonna get tired of my name, right? They're just be like, you Here's know, it's been fifteen years. Um, you can just stop now. <laughs> so you need to go like off the grid, girl. Get out to New Zealand and find me in Russia, bitches. I don't know if I want to go to Russia anymore. <laughs> it doesn't. I mean, it's beautiful. I just want to go see the architecture. Oh, yeah. 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 Man. Crazy world we live in, though. Ah. I know. Oh, I found a new... Okay. I found two new shows. One on Hulu, one on Netflix. Okay, go. Oh, I've been really excited to tell you. I've been waiting until we recorded, and then I almost forgot. The first, Born Behind Bars. Hulu? Yes. And it's legit, like, mama's having babies. And they keep them with them in prison. Oh, I don't know if I can watch that. Okay. It makes me nervous. Let me tell you, I'm conflicted about this. Okay. On so many levels, but I got so invested. So invested. So invested. Okay, I'll try an episode. Because, like, I mean, you know, I'm always up for another good good show. I, I There's some weird thing. I can't and I'm watch sh- behind bars shows. Oh, I love them. I love them. I don't know why. I can't. I just like, ugh. And I'm sure this is an old show and not a new show. I just now hey. discovered it. Yeah. Um, I was so invested in Brandy. Oh, I know you're never going to finish it, so I'm going to tell you. And y'all, sorry. Spoiler. Sorry. Brandy, like from the 90s? No, no, no. A girl in there named Brandy. She had her baby Addison in prison. Oh, behind I thought you were bars. To... No. I'm sorry. Keep going. No. I was so invested in her. She really turned her life around. She was getting out with Addison. She was going to have custody of her. I didn't think she was coming back, girl. She, did she circle back? Yeah. No, sis. Oh, my. Was it, was it, was it drugs? Meth. Fuck. That's what most of them are in there for. I'm telling you, meth is... Don't do meth, y'all. Do not do mm, meth. Don't do, do heroin. Do not sell the meth. Don't do oh. it. Broke my heart for Brady. Like, let me tell I was so invested in Brady because she was like the leader of all of the moms on the unit. I heartbreaking. Just, yes. Dude, see, that's why I can't watch that shit because it's like, now I know this person's real life is all fucked up, you know? Like, I, it makes me want to go, okay, I'm going to... Kickstarter, and I want to make a fund. You know what I mean? Like, it just makes me feel so powerless in the universe. I'm going to Google and see if Brandy's still in. If she is, I'm gonna, let's write her. Okay. Yes. And say, girl, we, oh, we're all rooting for you. Stay clean, bitch. Stay clean. We got you. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, oh. I know. So then I'm going to go way doing 180. Okay, so now we're on Netflix. Yes. Okay, because originally I thought when you were talking about Brandy, you were talking about the show that Brandy was in called Moesha. Yeah. And no. then I was like, no, that's not the name of the show. And then I was like, wait, she's talking about an actual episode <laughs> of the show. Lord, just, I'm, keep going. Just keep going. Now we're going to do 180. Mm. And go to Netflix. Because mm. you know Hulu and Netflix got way different oh, shows. It's a totally different vibe. Yes. So now I'm on Netflix. And I don't know what 
deep, dark web of Netflix I went to to find this. Ooh, I'm in. Because you know I love me a good, trashy reality show. Okay. Born Behind Bars, y'all. But I do love me some Real Housewives, right? Oh, yeah. I found me basically the Australian Real Housewives called, but they were pregnant. Oh, shit. Called Yummy Mummies. Oh, I've heard of this. I love me Yummy Mummies. I've heard that show is freaking hilarious. It is fabulous. Got through two seasons like this. It's like, tell me, okay, like, fabulous, like they are very posh and they're very hilarious at the same time. Yeah. Okay. So they, first of all, the accents. Oh, I know. I can't even. I love Australian accents. And Rachel, same. Rachel's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Rachel is like an Australian look. She reminds me of, you know, the gymnast Sean Johnson. Yes. Looks like her, but Australian. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. And then there's um, Lorenza. Lorencia. That's a pretty name. She looks like an American actress. I can't bother me the whole time. Cannot put my finger on which one. Okay. But they are amazing. They were pregnant through the whole first season, and then they've had their babies during the second season. And then I want season three. There is no season three. What? I, you know what I did today? I went and I started following the Yummy Mummies Instagram. (laughs) Just because you can't get enough of it, you're like, I cannot. I need this in my fucking life. I did that last night. Oh, okay. Here. And I've seen they've all had, well, one of them during the first season and second season, she had two kids. So she's now had a third kid, and the other ones have all had their second babies. Oh, my God. Okay, here. Which one's the one that like you said looks like an actress? Um, The one in pink, but not in that picture. Oh, you know, she does, actually. She reminds me of... What's her face from Grey's Anatomy, the blonde that got fired? Yeah, her. <laughs> Everybody out there screaming. Oh my god, this is crazy! Yeah, I'm, I'm visual like, visual uh, podcast, Jess. So yeah, Yummy Mummies on Netflix. There's there's two seasons, and you're gonna want season three, and you can't have it, everyone. You can't have it. I want it now, Daddy. <laughs> I want it now. Do you think that Australians are like laughing at us right now? Like, <laughs> we have Yummy Mummies season three. No, they don't. And basic healthcare. They don't Fuck have you. it. <laughs> they don't have it. It was never made. What? It was never made. They just were like, F it? They never made it. They've all had more babies. They've never made it. They even, you know what? Eva even had, um, gave Melania a baby brother, even though she said, you might as well sew my vagina shut now because I'm not having any more babies, but she gave Melania a baby brother named Stefan. You know how I know this? I stalked the fucking yummy mummy's Instagram. <laughs> Is this what it feels like whenever I'm going into, like, the reptilians and the aliens, where you're just like, what the fuck are you talking about right now? Yes. Okay, okay. That makes sense now. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. But UAPs are out there, and now the government says that they're real. No, for real. But, (sighs) I'm sorry for your loss. Harvey now has a baby brother named (laughs) Harry. (laughs) Okay, you want to know the, the shows I'm watching? Please. Are you catching up on only murders in the building? 
Yes. They won't let me watch any more episodes. Why I know. are they doing this to I me? I know. I know. I haven't watched the latest one, so don't say anything. And also, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Right? Oh my God. Well, I don't know which one's the latest one because I don't know when I can see new ones. Uh, yeah, I never know either because, you know, we don't have like, we don't have a cable. We have Hulu that goes, oh, by the way, there's a new episode. And they, they say sometimes like on the preview, like new episodes on Tuesdays or whatever. I don't remember that. I don't remember that. So I don't know what you've watched and I can't. Don't, just don't say anything. Yeah. And honestly, we honestly can't say anything if you haven't seen the show. Because no. you, the entire show is a spoiler. Yes. <laughs> so watch it. Fucking Martin Short is hilarious. I absolutely adore him. I forgot how funny he was. God, he's so funny. But uh, yeah, incredible. What We Do in the Shadows has new episodes. Hilarious. Vampires. So funny. Um, I mean, like, literally every show. Wellington Paranormal on HBO Plus. Hilarious. New Westworld episodes. New American Horror Story stories. First two, okay-ish. We'll see where they go. I mean, like, oh, I did watch it. I watched a other new show huh. all in, like, two days on Netflix. What? My Dead Ex-Boyfriend. Okay, I have saw that. So, yes, so it's that good? It is so cute. Okay. It, it's like a cutesy little... Like dark humor? Yeah. I love that. Thing. Okay, cool. I love a good recommendation. But yeah, there's just so many good things out right now. I've I read, I read a, an amazing book. Normally I can figure them out by the time I get to the end. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I got surprised with this one. What's the name of it? The Inmates by... Do you remember who wrote it? I can tell you right now. You read a lot of really good books, so we have um, a big book crew out there, too. So, hey. Frida McFadden. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's when you were saying, like, I cannot put this down. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no worries. Oh, well, I read another one of her books just recently, The Housemaid. That one's really good, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's the one you were saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. But The Inmate is actually better. Oh, shit. Okay. I have to check that one out. After I borrow... The Hannibal series for me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm... So many things to read, it's crazy. Still reading that one, too. Yeah. Uh, well, if you're anything like us, we're obviously trying to escape reality, so let's escape reality together and talk about true crime. What do you have for me? <laughs> because I am going to cheer you up at the end. Okay, good. Because this is a son whose parents were not very proud of him at the end. Uh, those that were left. Was that ominous enough? So today, let's talk about Graham Young, who was known as the St. Albans Poisoner, or the Teacup Poisoner, in the 1950s and 60s England, and killed at least three people that we know of. I mean, isn't that a little cliche to poison tea in England? Very cliche. If you saw photos of this person, which I'm already going to say, black suit, thin little tie, white shirt, um, didn't smile, very thin-lipped severe looking face very thin exactly i mean the british 1950s 60s look that you're thinking his hair is like combed over to the side perfect little schoolboy look you know i just always envision people that look like that being funeral directors with bad teeth mm-hmm. yeah it's very much that per that vibe absolutely correct so if you can look up a photo of him you'll see what i mean it's like kind of like ugh, kind of chilling Graham Young was born to Frederick and Molly Young in Needston, North London, England, on September 7, 1947. 
He had one older sister, Winifred, and she was a post-war, well, they both were post-war boomer babies. Um, And just FYI, England was not in a great shape at that point. Um, We were. We were living the dream, the American dream. That's where it came from, this 1950s. England was, uh, shall we say, fucked. Um, They were still rebuilding. Most of it was bombed. The economy was in shambles. Um, All the guys who were left that weren't dead, that did come back from the war, didn't have a job. Then they were also had high unemployment rates. And then there was all these women coming out of the workforce and going, wait a minute, I don't want to because I kind of like working and that's cool. So it's a lot of turmoil. And there's also a lot of poverty because, I mean, post-war, you owe, this is the weird part about war. You owe debts at the end of it. I mean, it's like, yeah, you owe us $5 billion for this war that had not, that we've looped you into. It's very odd to me. But this was when he was born. And he was living in the suburbs. And that's, and from what I understand of the suburbs, it's not like it was bad necessarily. I, I would say it was just kind of like, you didn't exactly have the best things. You had all mm-hmm. the off-brand stuff. You know what I mean? Like you went to the Kmart. Not the Target, the Kmart. They shopped on... Okay, so I don't know if they had this when you were a kid. Hmm. When I was a kid, there was one aisle in the grocery store that was the generic aisle. Yes. And it was white with black Black labels. Yep. And it would just say cereal, Mm -hmm. beer. Pasta. (laughs) Yes. Cheese. That was the aisle they shopped on. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Because, again, it's not like you guys are doing bad. It's just you can't afford the name brand stuff. Right. That's kind of where they were at. Can I get a consensus from you? Yeah. H-E-B is now, when you go to the store, huh. H-E-B is now a name brand. Hill Country Fair is the, is the off-brand. off-brand. Yes, completely agree. Okay, thank you. Are you just, is this a fight you and Pod Hubs have recently had? Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. <laughs> Happy to help. <laughs> nope. That's funny. So, anyway... Some great things that happened during this time were the National Health Service was established in 1947, which entitled all UK citizens to free health care and dissolving the colonies that they had held for years like India. So, you know, a couple of good things that came out of that. And also they got free health care from 1947 onwards. Could you I mean, imagine? Why? Why? Why not? Why do we need that? That's just I mean, yeah, it's just stupid. not... Nobody needs free health. That's stupid. So this is when Graham was born. And right before all the changes to their healthcare system, his mother, Molly, died of tuberculosis when Graham was 14 weeks old, a little over three months. His dad, Frederick, and I'm going to call him Fred from now on, it's just easier, was devastated by her death. And so much so... He couldn't even take care of his own children. So he sent Graham and his sister to live with his aunt. Or, or sorry, he sent Graham to live with his aunt and Winifred to live with her grandparents. So Graham would stay with his aunt and uncle for two years. And even in this short time frame, he became very close to them. After Fred, his dad, remarried to another Molly. I mean, I guess I'd, I'd, he liked Molly's or something. I, I have no <coughs> idea. Maybe that's a common name. Yeah, it probably was a lot more common back then. Yeah. Maybe like a Susan or like a Mary or something. Well, like in, you know, the 70s and 80s, Amanda was a popular name. You Jennifer, know. Jessica. Like growing yep. up, there was always like six of us in a class. Yep. Or Sarah. 
That was another one. Yeah. Yep. So after he remarried, he then took his children back. And then he was like, okay, got like a little bit more security here too. And this affected Graham quite a bit. He felt a lot of separation anxiety from his aunt and uncle. And instead of reaching out like a lot of kids, he actually went inside himself. He started to become interested in hobbies that he could do alone and eventually became fascinated by toxicology and chemistry. Then he started studying Hitler, the Nazis, and oh, Dr. Crippen. No. Mm-hmm. No. Nope. Why you gotta bring... Jess, why do you gotta bring Nazis into I, today? Dude. Dude. It's not me. It's this fuckhead. I can't. You know what? <laughs> My gummy was starting to kick in, and then you brought... You just brought in the fucking Nazis. Don't worry. Don't worry. They're not gonna win. Just like they didn't, didn't win in real life. So, don't worry. I got I you. I thought you were telling me real life. Uh, well, you know. Yeah. Here we go. So, he had a favorite poisoner, Dr. Crippen. Oh, don't we all? Yeah, you know, your favorite poisoner that you want to be like. And according to one account, he poisoned a classmate with lead after they got into a fight and watched to see what would happen. The boy had terrible stomach aches and vomiting, but he survived. How do you poison someone with lead and not have them notice? In their teeth. He found ways to make things happen very easily. It's quite impressive. Wouldn't you taste the lead? I mean, you would think. But, I mean, back then, you know, it could be water quality is pretty bad. And then it's like, okay, you know, whatever. He did the thing on the sly, though. It wasn't like an obvious, like, this tastes funny. And when it was, he quickly corrected that situation, shall we say. He found a way around that. To make sure nobody would notice. So his dad, Fred, thought his instance, uh, interest in science was purely educational and encouraged his boy to learn more, even buying him a chemistry set at age 13. Oh, yes. That sounds like a good idea. I mean, you remember those, right? The chemistry sets you can get. And yeah. we had like legit chemicals that could hurt you in it. Yeah. And your parents are like, oh, yeah, okay, go ahead and do your science in your room. Nowadays, oh, my God. Well, nowadays kids are building bombs out of household <laughs> products, so they really don't need those science sets anymore. So you're saying they're smarter than we were? Fuck. Anyway. I'm just saying they have the Google machine. That's yeah, true. Graham became well-versed in poisons, and looking older than his age, he convinced a local chemist to give him a large number of poisons at the age of 17, signing the registry as M.E. Evans. So here's my question. Why did they have poisons there to begin with? So again, different time. Um, a lot of, so we had Radio Shack. Mm-hmm. They had shit like this. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I need rat poison for, for that. Or I need this specific cleaner that also happens to be a poison. Or this specific element that I need to build a battery. Or things like that. So it's not like they had a Walmart where everything was like there in one place and already assembled. From what I understand... You gotta go to the butcher to get your meat and your cheese. You gotta go over here to get all your all your other shit. And then you gotta go to like this store to buy your household cleaners and stuff. So that's my understanding. I mean somebody you're... correct me. But yeah. It's not like that or this could actually be like a warehouse for you know, businesses in the area to buy poisons that they need for whatever they're doing. And maybe he misrepresented himself as like, oh, yeah, I work at blah, blah, blah. 
and I need these poisons. And the, the guy was like, yeah, you look like a 20-something-year-old kid who may have a job. Sure. So, I don't know. I don't like it. It makes me feel icky. I know. I don't like your story. <laughs> so, in this place of poisons, he purchased... Place in- of poisons. <laughs> Is that like the... Um, the airport store where they sell all the lost and found stuff. Yes. Dude, we still need to go. I know. I want to go so We have bad. to take a vacation day because it's only open during the week. Fuck. Okay, I'm in. Let's do it. I may be taking COVID days soon. So. Oh my God, you better not be. <laughs> so in this store, he, poison- he, per- poisoned. he purchased antimony used in batteries, digitalist used to treat congestive heart failure and arrhythmias, Arsenic, used in many things from pharmaceuticals, glass making to semiconductors, and thallium, now used in electronic devices, fiber optics, etc. That's a lot of shit he was able to buy. Absolutely was. He couldn't wait to try out his concoctions, and who was better than his family? I mean, that just fucking makes sense. They're right bro. there. I mean, why would you like try to find somebody else? Yeah. Your family's just right there. Exactly. It's He's- so convenient. He started with his stepmom, Molly. She started complaining of vomiting, diarrhea, and stomach pains. And the doctors at the time diagnosed her with bilious attacks, which didn't know that's what this meant, but basically it's a term for headache, abdominal pain, and constipation. So, like, okay. Like a bug or a... Yeah. Yeah, like a stomach bug. She had had a fucking stomach bug. Then, so did his dad and his sister, Winifred. And then when he himself started to experience them... His dad told him to not be careless with his new chemistry set that he had bought him. Graham denied that he was being careless, and with him being sick too, and just side note, not sure if it was because he forgot which teacup he had put the poison in, or he's trying to evade detection, they just all chalked it up to, well, we just all had a bug that ran through the family. Because why wouldn't you think that? Because he's crazy and looks like a weirdo. Then came November 1961, when Graham was 14. His sister Winifred was on her way to work when she became extremely ill on the train and started hallucinating. She was rushed to the hospital where they found that she had been poisoned with belladonna, the extract of deadly nightshade. Her brother had served her a cuppa that morning that tasted really sour, so she threw it away, saving her life. Because the doctor said had she had any more, you know, she wouldn't be here. So what is the lesson we have learned, everyone? If something tastes yucky, you spit it out. Just like she did. She stop, saved her life. Stop ingesting it. Graham's dad confronted him again and asked him if he had done this. Graham said that it was Winifred's fault for mixing shampoo in the teacups. Oh, oh, because that's what... I mean, and again, this is a, a poorer time. Maybe they did have to mix shampoo, or maybe she was... I don't know what the hell, but dude, really? You think she's stupid enough to be like... There's still soap in here. I'll just pull my tea right over it. No. Like, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, maybe you're trying to imply she didn't wash the teacup out enough after she mixed the shampoo. Maybe, but also, would, I don't know about you, but we've all had the, the moment we had shampoo in our mouth. Yeah, you know. It's, it doesn't you make know the difference between shampoo and poison. <laughs> yes. He's a fucking idiot. It's just like, he really is kind of like, let me see if they'll believe this. Okay, good. They did. Good. And again, his dad told him, watch what you're doing with those fucking chemicals. However, oh. however, his stepmom, Molly, 
was putting two to two together, and she started to suspect that these were not accidents. Ooh. April 21st, 1962, Molly was gardening, and Fred found her writhing in pain on the ground and rushed her to the hospital. Could it be because his shitbird son poisoned her? Hmm. Graham watched as she was taken out and eventually died in the hospital. They gave her cause of death as a prolapse of a spinal bone due to an earlier accident. Um, so she had a collapsed disc in her back for no, years. No, And they were like, oh, yeah, it, you know, it had prolapsed and that's why she died. And then she was cremated. You know, I'm so glad I don't live back then. And if I die, they're going to know why I died. Yeah. You better fucking believe it. And not just go, mm, I think that maybe... Close enough. That squirrel bit her in her artery. Yeah. I mean, it was... Now, again, I I don't think the doctors... Because the family, there was no, like, reported... Besides his sister, and who knows what hospital they went then. This is also before, like, digital records. Dude, like, hospitals definitely didn't talk to each other back then. Oh, no, no. I mean, you could easily get away with something like this. Like, it's not beyond the realm of possibility. The family isn't reporting anything to you, saying, like, well, my son's kind of a fucking weirdo. Well, right? Because they don't suspect him either. Well, that's why... So why suspect anything else happened to her than what they're like, well, this looks like the closest possibility. Well, and that's why Jack the Ripper got away with it, because, you know, different times. Yeah, it was all hearsay and... Look over there, and who the fuck knows if this person's even real, you know? So, yeah. Anyway. It wasn't a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't it just be a fucking vampire? Damn it. Sorry. So after her death, Graham's dad, Fred, started feeling those same symptoms that Molly had, and he was rushed to the hospital himself. They diagnosed him with antimony po- poisoning, and he said he had, had he had one more dose, he too would have died. So... Are they still allowing the chemistry set inside the house at this point? Or are they going to, like, ban it and be like, toss that shit out on the street? Son, it's time to get rid of this. Yeah, for real. Bro, stop killing us. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? (laughs) So now Graham's auntie was starting to get suspicious of all the serious illnesses and poisonings going on in the home. His obsession with poisons was noticeable enough for his science teacher at school to take... to noticed this and sent him to the headmaster. And the reason why he was noticeable, because he had stored poisons and books on poisons inside his desk. Oh my God. Dude, that is not where you hide your poison books. No, dude. The headmaster sent Graham to a psychiatrist to be evaluated immediately, because he was like, what the fuck is wrong with this kid? Oh, the heroes are the science teacher and the headmaster, aren't they? Yep. And also, think about that. In the 60s, they were like, this guy needs a... somebody to talk to him yeah that's, that's impressive weird right it didn't take long for that psychiatrist to figure out that he had a serious problem and that he then called the police <laughs> the psychiatrist was like yeah i'm gonna need the cops on this one like yesterday i like that though he has a serious problem <laughs> you think oh no shit sherlock a serious problem so graham young was arrested on may 23rd 1962 after he came home from school they found thallium and an antimony in his house, and they questioned him. He admitted to poisoning his dad, stepmom, sister, and even a school friend. He said that he had slowly poisoned his stepmom with antimony, eventually developing a tolerance. So when she stopped showing symptoms, he upped the ante by putting a thallium in her tea. 
which finished the job. Oh, my God. Because she was cremated at Graham's request, they could not substantiate this murder. So he wasn't ever formally charged with it. See, now this is making me not want to be cremated. I know. See, my thing is, is like, I'm like you. I want to be cremated and like planted or I don't know, some something like, or thrown in the ocean. Throw me in the ocean, bitch. So. Oh, you want to be turned into a reef. Fuck yeah, that'd be sick. Because you know, I post that on the Instagram like oh, yeah, a while back. Right. I forgot about the, the facts. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. That would be really cool. But I'm with you. I feel like it'd be like something in the will that says like, if, if I die under mysterious circumstances or if you feel like my death is mysterious, please do not cremate me or put me in the ocean until we know what happened i'm gonna need you know i'm, I'm like gonna that. need documentation that my death was not nefarious before yeah. you burn me yeah and then if it is take all the dna you need and then you can throw my ass in the ocean make sure just take my fingernails off completely <sighs> even under death that just like <laughs> makes me like cringe but if there's dna under there I want oh yeah to make, i want them to make sure they have it absolutely bitch because you know you're fighting Yes. Homie, don't play you. <laughs> you know? Ugh. But yeah, no. I just think it's interesting how, like, if my son was like, she wants to be cremated, I'd be like, wait, what? <laughs> Excuse me? Did you talk to her? Trust me, daddy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ugh. No, dude. And I you- talked to mommy. <laughs> <laughs> no. Mommy said to burn her <laughs> exactly <laughs> fuck son is this uh, so in june of 1962 graham's case went to court where they heard all about the crimes of this 14 year old boy over the course of months he slowly poisoned his whole family friends and basically uh, really anyone he could it wasn't just like pick and choose it was like pour this in the tea in the teacher's lounge and see what happens and that was it i mean he was a really fucked up kid yeah In fact, his dad, Fred, had permanent liver damage from what he did to him. Graham said his motivation was a, quote, strange and dangerous interest in poisons and their effects. In his police statement, he also said, quote, the doses I was giving were not fatal, but I knew I was doing wrong. So I guess um, there goes your insanity play. Well, bro, just, ugh. I know. It's disgusting. Go. 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 Psychiatrists said that he would do this again. And he, they recommended, look, go to Broadmoor. This is a high-security psychiatric hospital. The judge agreed, and he became their youngest inmate at age 14 on July 19th and given 15 years in Broadmoor. And he was started in 1962. So, while there, the family visited him, and they said that they were shocked that he was behind all of the poisonings, which... They visited him? I know. What is wrong with them? I think they thought, oh, he's going through a rough patch. Maybe he'll get over it with some therapy. You know, we, maybe we just need to give him some therapy and some pills, and he'll be fine. Some There are some things therapy cannot fix. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. You're preaching. Yeah. So... On one visit with his cousin, he stated, quote, I gave Molly 20 grains of thallium the night before she died. I put it on a trifle. I knew she would die the next day because I gave her so much. The family decided to keep this information to themselves of and course not tell they, anyone. Of course they did. Of course. Then another inmate died, and in his postmortem, they found cyanide in his stomach. How did... Eventually... 
knowing that the laurel bushes outside the facility could be made into, you guessed it, cyanide. They questioned him about it. He denied that he did it. And so they ruled the inmate's death a suicide. Oh, because I, I didn't do it. Okay, the crazy man said he didn't do it, everyone. I mean, I, d- I don't know about you, but I hear cyanide poisoning is really painful to go through. Very painful. So, like, if I'm going to kill myself, it's not going to be with cyanide. No. no. If I'm going to kill myself, I'm going to do something that's sleeping pills. Pe- yeah, peaceful. Yeah. But, again, don't do that. No, we're not condoning it. 988. <laughs> then 97 inmates were poisoned with sugar soap. Not sure what the hell that is. My guess it's like a cleaner, some sort of cleaning agent. You didn't hit the Google machine? Didn't. But it was dumped into the water boiler, and the tea urn the staff used had toilet cleaner inside it. Mysteriously. Mysteriously. Like, really? You guys have a poisoner in your midst, and y'all are like, why are all of us getting sick? So strange. Well, in 1970, when he was 23, he was purely cured, so they let him out. Oh, of course he was. He told a nurse on the way out, when I get out, I'm going to kill one person for every year I've spent in here. He served eight of his last 15 years. Yeah, super jazzed about that. Did you say it was sugar soap? Sugar soap. Sugar soap. Fucking men in black. Egger. (laughs) So, once released, Graham went to work at John Hadland Laboratories, a lab that manufactured infrared lenses for military equipment made of thallium. Yes. Sugar soap is a cleaning material of variable composition sold for use on surfaces affected by greasy or tarry deposits, which are not easily removed with routine domestic cleaning materials. Okay, yeah. So, he put cleaner in the water... And they all got sick, which, yeah, you're not supposed to ingest that shit. So Graham, being a great co-worker he was at his new job at the John Hedlund Laboratories, a lab that manufactured infrared lenses for military equipment made of thallium, offered to be the guy in the office to make tea for everyone. Because he's the new guy. He's being just super nice. If anybody ever offers you a beverage at work, just say no. Seriously. Unless it's Dutch Brothers, then just take it every time and then worry if it's roofied later. Yeah, I mean, that's worth your death, 100%. But I mean, and no one knew any different. Again, because, okay, this guy's coming out of nowhere. They, again, this is the 70s now, reference checks. There's no internet. There's no database. Like, you could literally remake your entire ID. Yes. And you're a new person. Yes. Done. Done. So they thought, okay, sure. Then most of the lab workers started to become ill. Most of them thinking a bug came through the office. Again, super normal thing to think. It happens. His boss, though, got it the worst and died on July 7th, 1971. And the cause of his death was determined to be pneumonia. Makes sense. Yeah, right? At this time, Graham was staying in a hostel and had kept in touch with his sister Winifred since his release. She was concerned for him and about his poison fascination. His dad, Fred, however... Wanted no part of his son's life. I'm sorry, Winifred and Fred? I know. Yeah. Yeah. He named his daughter after him, basically. I don't know. <laughs> a hostile resident, Trevor Sparks, became ill with similar symptoms to all of his other victims, and then another man did. And he was in so much pain that he actually did 
kill himself in order to end the pain of being poisoned. Yeah. The symptoms at the lab where he was working then started to become more and more intense with more people experiencing not just, you know, vomiting, diarrhea, but sexual dysfunction, hair loss, and another employee died on November 19th, 1971 in excruciating pain. So now the company was starting to worry because they're like, they knew that they're dealing with dangerous chemicals there. They're thinking, shit, it's contaminated. All these people are dying. They ran a multitude of tests for contamination and even thought it might be like radioactive fallout, but nothing was conclusive. And with all the illnesses going around, the on-site doctor did the best he could to like help assuage any fears. But, you know, people are naturally upset. Like, what the hell is going on? What is wrong with us? I mean, Graham asked him in front of a whole group in the office why the doctor hadn't thought of thallium poisoning. And then Graham went on to like, talk to him about all this very technical detailed knowledge about it the doctor's like who now how do you know all this he's like the fuck exactly and so he was like no something's wrong with this guy so he called the police yeah absolutely so he is the gold star for this Uh episode exactly thallium by the way is tasteless and odorless which is why it's perfect for someone like graham So the cops started to dig into Graham's past, and they arrested him again November 21st, 1971, while visiting his aunt and uncle. And while nothing incriminating was found on him, and he denied doing anything wrong, they did find poisons he kept in his tiny apartment. They found a stash of bottles, including atropine, acontine, sure, digitalis, thallium, and antimony, among others, enough to kill, like, a lot of people. Graham, ever fastidious, kept a diary of his doses and the effects, and if he was going to allow that person to live or die. Are you kidding me? What a What psycho. a dumbass. I know. He admitted to killing his two co-workers after police questioning. When they asked why he did this to his co-workers, he said, quote, I suppose I had ceased to see them as people, at least a part of me had. They were simply guinea pigs. What? Yep. He was charged this time with two counts of murder and two counts of attempted murder, four counts of administering poison with intent to injure, and four counts of administering poison with intent to cause grievous bodily harm. The jury could not legally know of his previous convictions, so Graham retracted his confession to this second round, saying that he'd done it because, you know, I just wanted like some rest and the cops were hassling me and bleh. And from what I understand of uh, at least some European courts, you can actually retract your confession and it will not be entered into evidence. Unlike here, the people are like, huh, sucks to suck, you know? (laughs) So the prosecution had 75 witnesses and I'm a pretty fucking sure they weren't hard to come by considering how many people he poisoned throughout his entire life. I mean, you know, if I worked with him, I'd be like, oh, pick me, pick Mm -hmm. me. I'll do it. I'll do it. Exactly. Plus, after this, I'll be in that class action lawsuit up your ass. Get ready, bitch. You know what I mean? (laughs) Absolutely. After the the trial, we're meeting at um, O'Flanahan's. (laughs) Planning our next one. Exactly. And get this, he was the only witness called for his defense. Shocker. The jury deliberated for how long? Oh, what year is it? 1971. 72 minutes. 38 minutes. Not bad. Ooh, getting closer. 
And they found him guilty on two counts of murder, two counts of administering poison with tension injure, and two counts of attempted murder. Graham requested to be sent to a real prison and not a fucking state hospital again. And they granted his request. He was given a life sentence this time to be served at the now Ashworth Hospital, then HM Prison Park Lane. He was moved constantly inside the prison due to them knowing he could make a poison out of, like, literally anything. And even just the cleaners, you know, anything that they regularly searched. And he also had regularly regular visits with the medical director there. Graham Young died in prison at age... What do you want to guess? 83. 42. One month before his 43rd birthday on August 1st, 1980. Please tell me someone poisoned him. They did an autopsy because, I mean, fucking course you're going to do that with him. He's young and also he's a poisoner, so you're going to do it. And they found he had died from a heart attack... But with him having no history of heart disease on his medical chart, some think he killed himself or the other prisoners did to him what he did to his victims. I I want to believe somebody poisoned him. I do too. It's a better way to end it, right? Yes. And just a little side note here, because I was like, a poisoner? That's a dude? What? According to a May 7th, 2015 Washington Post article by Dan Keating. Thank you, Dan. This is a very extensive article. Women are seven times as likely as men to choose poison as their murder weapon. And as I said before, there are nine male killers for every one woman killer. So in raw numbers, men more men kill with poison than women do. But among men murderers, poison is used in just over one-third of one percent of killings. But for women, it's used in more than 2.5% of killings. Men are more likely to use guns, and women are more inclined to use everything else. Shocking. Because, <laughs> you know, we're going to use what we got. So that is the horrendous story of Graham Young. Yeah. Teacup poisoner. They, also, teacup poisoner makes him sound like so, like... Feminine. Yeah, and, and innocent. Like, oh, he just poisoned people's teacups. It's like, no, this dude was a nefarious, like, supervillain. See, the teacup poisoner just sounds like it should be a woman. I know. I know. I think also because, you know, here, for the most part, we mainly drink coffee. Yes. And yes, they drink coffee there too, but their cup of tea is so strong that it can be considered like our coffee. So it's more common to have tea. I know. It's just weird to me. Yeah, I agree. Cultural. So take us up. Okay. So born on October 6, 2000 to Greg and Jeanette... They have three siblings, Ari, Griffin, and Sander. Um, And when they were born, they were born male, but was drawn to girly clothes and would be unhappy when dressed in boy clothes. Greg and Jeanette thought this was just a phase and it would pass. But actually, they started to get more feminine. Feminine. I know. I I cannot talk today to save my fucking life. I do not know what's up. Bless my own heart. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So they decided to take um, them to a specialist where they were diagnosed with gender identity disorder and confirmed as transgender. That's when Greg and Jeanette decided to bring their son up as their daughter, regardless of the challenges they knew they would face. And their daughter's name is Jazz Jennings. Uh, I was wondering if you're going to do jazz. Hell yes. So, according to Jazz herself, she knew she was a girl trapped in a boy's body ever since she could form coherent thoughts. 
For her, there was never any confusion about who she was. The confusion was that no one else could see there was a problem. Right. And um, Jess remembers having um, the memories of emotions before she could actually speak. So from being very young. Um, She could also remember unsnapping her onesies to turn them into dresses shortly after learning to walk. Um, So... Around the house, Jazz's parents would let her wear whatever she wanted. Um, so she'd wear her sister's dresses and her play shoes and things like that. But when they went in public, um, they would make her wear shorts for boys and she would scream and cry because she felt ashamed and humiliated in anything but girls' clothes. Um, when she started to learn to talk, whenever her parents would say, you know, like, you know when little kids do something good, you go, oh, that's... Good boy. That's, you know, yeah. Good she job. would she would correct them and she would say, "No, good girl." <laughs> um, and the turning point for Jeanette was because, you know, they're still thinking it's a phase because sure. She was play. so young. Yeah, and also kids play with other if you want to say gender toys, which back in the day there were, like then yeah, all the time. I used to play with GI Joes and you know, match like cars and all that shit all the fucking time. Especially when you have children that are multiple gender, Absolutely. sexes, genders, whatever. Yeah. And you know, a, like, just let them experiment. Who cares? Yeah. My daughter has two brothers. She played cars with them or whatnot. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Yep. Um, Very normal. Very so, common. So, you know, of course, they thought it was just a phase. She was just playing with her sister's things. And especially since she was so young. Yeah. Um, At the time. So, when Jazz was about two, um, she had been playing with her sister's dolls, and she lay down to take a nap on her sister's bed, and she had a dream about a fairy and a blue ga- gown with glossomer wings, and she had glowing light around her, and she was floating around the room, and she had a magic wand, and Jazz couldn't remember if the fairy actually spoke out loud to her, or if it was just like a unspoken things she just knew about the fairy but in her dream the fairy promised her she would use her wand turn her penis into a vagina oh and so um she ran downstairs and asked her mom when the good fairy was coming with her magic wand and jenna was like what, what the you, fuck what are you talking about what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> so jazz said the good fairy um who will you know the good fairy who's going to turn my penis into a vagina and this is when Jeanette realized that this might not be a phase. Right. Um, yep. And, you know, and then Jazz was crushed when she found out there was no um, good fairy. Oh. Because, you know, you know, Jeanette had to say. Hey, sweetie. You know, and you, you tell her in, like, an appropriate way. But, and as all little kids do, she would take baths with her siblings. I mean. Again. Very it's a normal common. thing. Yeah. But she would compare her privates to her siblings' privates. I mean, when my when my twins were little, I remember the first time. I mean, they were tiny, like a year old or something like that. But yeah. the first time my daughter like looked over and saw that her brother had something she didn't have, it was like, huh? What the fuck is that? Like, what's going on over there? <laughs> so anyhow. Um, she would wish she could wash her penis off mad and magically find a vagina like her sister. <laughs> and that's in quotes. And so, and this just frustrated and confused her 
that there was something hanging off her that didn't belong there. Yeah. And so I actually like found all this research really interesting that she remembers having all these feelings at such a young age. I think a lot of trans people do, and it's hard to articulate because they're very young, mm-hmm. you know? And then the other thing is on the parents' side, I'm sure it's also like, women. when am I harming my child by not allowing them to be themselves? Right. When is it, when is it a good time to start this process? That has to be very difficult. Right. Right. So... And I mean, it's incredible because though, it's like because, always there. Well, and you it know, and is. because she was so young, her parents were like, this is just a kid a f- playing yeah. with her sibling stuff. She's going to grow out of it. Yeah. You know? And so what they did, they took Jazz to the pediatrician with Absolutely. like all this information. Yep. And the pediatrician suggested they talk to a child psychologist. Yep. So at three years old, they went to an appointment with Dr. Marilyn and Jazz liked Dr. Marilyn from the beginning. And um, this was the first time she heard the word transgender. And she felt relief when she finally had a word to describe how she was feeling. Yeah. Um, now, Jazz has had other struggles in her life. Um, she was struggling with an eating disorder that caused her to gain 100 pounds and other mental health issues. That caused her to delay her um, acceptance to Harvard. Yes, I said Whoa. Harvard. Whoa. <laughs> so she had to delay for a year to kind of focus on herself. Yeah. And um, then a year later, she was actually readmitted back into Harvard. And so she began, she was able to be- begin her collegiate journey. But um, she has been on 2020, The Rosie Show, along with Chaz Bono. And then she's had her own TV show um, since 2011, I Am Jazz, documenting mm-hmm. her journey mm-hmm. as transgender. Um, she's an LBGTQ plus activist and has won numer- numerous accolades for her activism. Her and her parents founded Trans Kids Purple Rainbow Foundation in 2007. And the foundation's goal is to, as- to assist transgender youth. And then in 2013, she founded a company called Purple Rainbow Tails and Fashions, and they make custom-designed silicone mermaid tails to raise money for transgender children. Oh, my God. I need a silicone mermaid tail right fucking now. Uh, you don't have a pull in your community. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Uh, sick burn. I hate that you won that. <laughs> Yes. Put one on my side, everyone. I'm keeping check. So then also Jazz battled the U.S. Soccer Federation to permit transgender children to play soccer. Oh, fuck yeah, that she did. Um, in 2014, she was named one of the 25 most influential teens of 2014 by time at the GLAAD Media Awards. She was also named a Human Rights Campaign Youth Ambassador and received the Youth Trailblazer Award from Logo TV. In March, 20, in March 2015, Johnson & Johnson made Jazz a spokesperson for the Clean & Clear digital campaign and shared her experiences and struggles. She also modeled for the No Hate Campaign, and the No Hate Campaign is a charitable organization that promotes LBGT rights and gender and human equality. Um, 
But Jazz is more than just a transgender activist. She's artistic. She loves to paint. She loves to style her hair, um, you know, when she's just hanging out. Um, And it should be no surprise. She loves to play soccer and spend time with her family. And she's thankful for the love and acceptance that her family has given her. And she credits for them for helping her discover who she really is. Yeah. Because they've never not allowed her to be who she is. Yeah, no, that's important. Because it's, especially in that case, it it often goes the other way. So to have, like, support from so young, too, you know, I think can go a long way for your mental health. Because, sure, you're going to go through crap in life as it is. And then also to have to struggle with gender identity and acceptance in the world is a whole other layer of trauma. So, like... The fact that her parents kind of alleviated that and gave her a safe, like a cushion, a place to land just in case. Yeah. You know, it's really important. I think it's also important because it shows that it can be done if any parents out there are are struggling with this kind of thing. I think it's good to, you know, education and knowledge is power, man. So just, it's important to learn about these things. I myself didn't know much about the trans community. Mm -hmm. TikTok, man, I'm telling you, is incredibly educational i learned (laughs) i learned about a vagina maintenance after getting bottom surgery and let me just tell all those people who think it's like oh it's just a choice uh no it is not (laughs) what i heard on how you have to maintain it is absolutely grueling it's incredibly painful and very very expensive so no it's not an easy choice let me tell you like these people go through a ton so that's incredible. I love that you did jazz. Thanks. Love her. And fun fact, Jennings is not their real last name. I, it's okay. a pseudonym that they use to try in some way to like protect their privacy. It makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I mean, their face is already out there enough, right? <laughs> and when she was three, she actually wanted to pick her name to be Sparkles instead of Jazz. It's <laughs> cute. I mean, both are great. Sparkles, Jazz, Jazz Sparkles. Reminds me of the Donnie Darko. Anyway, ugh. thank you all so much for listening. And we promise we'll have more cool things for you guys going forward. Oh, we might be a more podfest. Who knows? We'll see what happens yeah. with our lives. Oh, don't forget to check out our website. See you next Tuesday, podcast.com. And thank you all so much. And as always, we'll see you. See you next Tuesday. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.